The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. 162 regular season games, six months of travel, flights, hotels, and baseball. Join us now for a behind-the-scenes look at a season on the road with the Oakland A's. Vince Catronio takes us on a journey around Major League Baseball. Starting now. As part of our Season on the Road podcast, this year we'll be asking A's players about their hometowns. On this episode of A Season on the Road, we listen to interviews from Robbie Grossman, Matt Olson, and Mark Hanna as they discuss their hometowns. Time for another edition of My Hometown as we visit with A's players and what it was like growing up in the various cities around the country and even around the world. Now we open up with Robbie Grossman, the pride of Cypress, Texas. And Robbie, just first of all, give the folks the geography of where Cypress is in regard to the, the great state of Texas. Uh, Cypress is uh, about 20 miles northwest of Houston, um, just, just off 290 on the way to, to College Station. I know it well. Talk about growing up family, uh, brothers, sisters. What, what was it like growing up there in uh, in the south part of the state? Um, oldest of three. Um, I have a little sister and a little brother. And uh, my little brother played ball throughout high school, but not, not too much. My sister lives in Arizona, went to U of A, and still lives in Tucson. So when you think about the state of Texas, people immediately gravitate to football. It's such a huge football state. Was that sport a part of your childhood growing up? Oh yeah, football was a huge part of my childhood. Um, where I grew up is football's a religion and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Friday Night Lights are a, a whole different meaning when you're down there and, uh, and see that. But uh, yeah, football was definitely a big part of my growing up. How much did you play? What positions did you play? I played all the way till I was a junior and uh, I played quarterback and receiver and uh, we had a pretty good team. My, my, my team actually, my, my high school actually won the 6A state championship last year, I believe. So it's pretty good. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good uh, football area. As a father that has three kids born in Texas, two of them born in Houston, and when my son living in Dallas played on AstroTurf as a seventh grader, it speaks to the to the rabid feelings about football. Who was your team? Did you who did you follow there on the football side growing up? Well, for a little while we didn't have a team in right. Houston, uh, so I was a, I always gravitated towards the uh, Texas Longhorns, and uh, it's a school I, I wanted to go to, and school I, I signed a letter of intent to go to, but uh, never fulfilled that promise. But uh, I always root for the Longhorns and. Uh, AstroTurf, yeah, going back to that, I, I remember playing all our football fields were AstroTurf growing up, so uh, it's a familiar thing. So you were a left-handed throwing quarterback. What kind of offense did you run? Uh, we just ran a shotgun. Um, we ran – I had a guy that I went to high school with that ended up playing at uh, at Michigan. Remember Sam McGuffey? And we were the same, same grade, um, and he had a pretty good career in football. And uh, it was fun. I, it still brings back a lot of memories talking about it. So when we talk about football, it's obvious that there was another love, and that's a sport you play now, and you play at the highest level here in the major leagues, and you've done so for several years, both with Houston and with Minnesota, as you begin your first year with the athletics. The baseball career for you as a kid, what was it like growing up playing and the positions you played, especially if you're, if you're a left-hander? Oh, uh, growing up in Houston, I, I remember going to Astrodome when I first – you make me feel old. Yeah, that um, <laughs> makes me feel old. Um, and uh, I remember watching Craig Biggio play. And so my dad, my dad's an ex-Navy pilot, and uh, 
and the little we knew about baseball, we, we realized that Craig Biggio was a pretty good player. I'll uh, ended up in the Hall of Fame, but he always played hard, and he always, uh, he always looked like he was in the right position at the right time, and always had the clutch hit, and he was he was my guy growing up. I wanted to be Craig Biggio, and uh, it's uh, I've got to meet him, and that was a dream come true. I spent seven years with Craig when I was working for the Astros from 91 to 97, and to your, to your point, even to the very end when he finished his professional career, he ran every ball out, and he certainly had that kind of fire on the field that, that got him the ultimate prize of of uh, reaching the Hall of Fame. So switch hitting is something you do. How did it start for you? Well, I was weird uh, growing up throwing left-handed, but I I was naturally I naturally hit right-handed. And uh, I was, so you were Ricky Henderson as a kid. Yeah, I was Ricky Henderson. I wouldn't say that, but uh, uh, I always give my dad a hard time. I'm like, what what were you thinking? And he just like I think you're just trying to copy me from the other side because he's a left-handed thrower, left-handed hitter. So I hit right-handed all the way till I was like 17, and then I had a uh, during summer ball. I just decided, hey, I'm gonna try to hit left-handed. And credit to my summer ball coach, he let me do it, and then he he held me to it. He said, hey, if you're gonna do this, there's no going back. So uh, from that day, I hit left-handed, and uh, it's a it's a work in progress, and it's always it's it's a fun challenge every single day. Typically, when we talk to players about their days growing up, either in little league and even beyond that, to high school that you know, eventually settle at one position, like your teammate Matt Olson. He mm-hmm. pitched in high school, pitched the two state championships. Were you a pitcher as well in high school? No, I only pitched like my fr- freshman and sophomore year, but then uh, I just played center field in high school, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a good time. I got a Texas state championship um, in baseball my junior year, and, and uh, those memories will be with me forever. So what was the flashback like for a kid that grew up in Texas Group in Houston, just north of Houston, rooted for Craig Biggio, and suddenly you're a member of the Astros organization. That must have really kind of flashed right in front of you. Oh, even funnier, I got uh, I was playing in Altoona, Pennsylvania, in Double A for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, I got traded mid-game. So I got pulled out of the game, and they told me I was going to go to San Antonio the next day to meet the team, the Corpus team for Houston Astros. I said all right, and I get off the plane, have all my bags, and I get to the field. And the first guy standing there is Craig Biggio. And he sat with me the whole game, talked to me before and after the game, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was like uh, being 12 years old again, and I uh, got to meet Craig. And, and more interesting now, I feel older, but I work out with this kid in Houston, and this kid had a great year last year. He just hit a home run yesterday, and uh, it's even he's a great guy himself too. So do you have a favorite memory or memories uh, growing up in, in those two sports? Did you play any other sports as well? When you think about the time you spent growing up, what are the things that really, truly bring a smile to your face? Just just being able to play football and baseball. Um, that was that was such a good time where in the fall you play football and summer you play baseball. And that's every kid should be, be able to experience that and, uh, and just enjoying uh, – being around your friends growing up and, and, and being able to compete um, all year round playing sports. So growing up in Texas, the conversation is, well, if you're in North Carolina, there's a certain style of barbecue. If you're in Kansas City, there's a certain style of barbecue. Even in different parts of the state of Texas, there are certain types of barbecue. Houston and Dallas and Austin. What's, uh, what's at the top of the list for you? Actually, there's a new place in Houston that opened about two years ago. I'm, I'm already trying to get it uh, catered in when we go. Uh, it's called Pinkerton's. It's a downtown barbecue. It's two guys, two frat 
frat guys from uh, Austin that started this barbecue called Pinkerton's, and it's some of the best ribs and brisket you've ever had. I can guarantee that. So as I wrap up this conversation, again, as a father of three children that were born in the state of Texas, when you when you start in Texas, it, it never leaves you, right? Is that, oh. is, that, is, that, is that the deep inside feeling that Robbie Grossman has? <laughs> Yeah, um, I've I've had I've been really lucky and, and blessed to have the opportunity to live a lot of places, but uh, Texas will always be home for me. Thanks for the visit, Robbie. Oh, thanks for having me. Ace Cast, my hometown, with Robbie Grossman, outfielder for the Athletics. Welcome back to Ace Cast at another edition of My Hometown as we visit with the A's number one pick back in 2012. That is first baseman Matt Olson, the pride of Parkview, Georgia. Tell me about the community. Uh, you know, it's a pretty pretty small town. Um, you know, nothing crazy, just nice residential area, and um, you know, sports were definitely big in, in my hometown. Jeff Francoeur came through, and uh, I guess it was late '90s, early 2000s, and uh, you know, kind of made his mark on the community. And uh, you know, sports were were a big deal around there. What was it like for the young Matt Olson to see somebody from? from my neck of the woods do what he did and get to the highest level of playing baseball yeah it, it was really cool um you know I, I would go up to Parkview to watch him play and then for him to get drafted by the Braves I was a Braves fan growing up and you know kind of watch his debut and and the years that he had there was was pretty cool and uh you know kind of was a little motivation for me um you know whether I realized it at the time or not but to be able to see somebody do it in person and then uh you know, do it on TV was something cool. Tell me a little bit about the family, uh, everybody that's at home and kind of the camaraderie that every family has and enjoys, whether it's a brothers only or brothers and sisters or whatever the combination might have been. Yeah, I, older brother, um, you know, it's it kind of like that typical big brother, little brother relationship. Uh, we'd always fight as kids and, you know, just be as competitive as possible with each other. Um, you know, the fighting stopped when I started getting a little bigger than him, around 14, 15 my age. But, uh, you know, I always wanted to be the little brother hanging out with, with the big brother and his friends. And uh, I think it's a big reason with with the competitive person that I am. Uh, you know, I always kind of felt like the underdog with them. They were bigger, stronger, faster than me. So, um, you know, I think it molded me as far as an athlete in person. Matt, uh as you were growing up and getting into the uh, you know to the junior high and high school years, how many sports did you play? Uh, I played basketball and baseball in middle school. Uh, when I got to high school, kind of shut down the basketball. Um, you know, I just I kind of understood that basketball was fun, and you know I was pretty decent at it, but uh, kind of knew where my future was and uh, didn't want to really jeopardize anything baseball-wise in order to, to kind of be playing basketball for fun so I stopped that when I got to high school and then uh, turned my focus to baseball full-time. You touched on it a little bit about that you started to maybe outgrow your brother was it at 14 and 15 where a guy that's now 6'5 is that when you experienced that that significant growth spurt? Yeah yeah I think it might have been 13, 14, 15 that range um, you know I've always been I was always one of the heavier guys, and then uh, added added some height on with it as I got into the middle school, high school years. What was the reaction from the summer to the to the next fall if something like that happened for you over the over the summer weeks? Yeah, well, it's for, it wasn't it wasn't ever like 
you know, I grew five inches one summer. Um, I just steadily got taller, bigger, uh, you know, started getting to the weight room a little bit. and uh, But it, it was good. I always mess around with him now. You know, he's, he's stopped doing sports and, you know, really like weightlifting. So now, now I can really bully him and, and, you know, pick on him whenever we see each other, but it's all in good fun. And he's always got, he's always got the brains over me. He went to Harvard. And so that's, that's his go-to when I start, you know, messing around with him. Did you like academics as a kid? Yeah. Um, I was, I was a really good student. Um, got one B in school and, you know, A's the rest of the way. And, um, you know, was was gonna go to Vanderbilt and, and get a good education, but um, obviously things came up, and you know, there are just some opportunities that you can't turn down. So, as you're playing in high school, uh, you playing for your Parkview team, the team that you said first had Jeff Francoeur. What were those years like? Did you did you play someplace other than first base? Most kids at that age seem to be very talented at a number of positions. I uh, I played third base pretty much exclusively up until about my eighth grade year um my freshman year of high school there were a couple injuries on the varsity team and there was a spot at first base so i i kind of started working over there and um you know it just it kind of clicked it came easy and uh from then on I've, I've been a first baseman i you know also about that time i was i was growing out of third base um you know i just didn't have the quickness to truly play it um, in the future. So moved over to first and the rest has been history. Do any pitching? Yeah, <laughs> I did pitching. Uh, these guys will probably tell you that I'm, I'm telling, it, telling them about it all the time. Okay. But uh, yeah, I pitched all four years. Uh, went 12 and one my senior year. And uh, you know, pitching was a blast. I just, I didn't, didn't really have the arm to keep going with it. What were the best memories of the high school years for you playing at Parkview? Well, we won a state championship my junior and senior year. And uh, the junior year won. It was game three. We do a three-game series for the state championship. Game three, we were down uh, three runs in the top of the seventh, which is the last inning. And uh, we ended up scoring, I think it was 11 runs in the top of the seventh to win. It was, it was very cool. So growing up, I guess, uh, on the outskirts of Atlanta, and you mentioned you were a Braves fan, who were the guys that were on your list of, whether it was the poster on the wall or just the guy that you really wanted to pay close attention to? Uh, I mean, it was such a good time for Braves baseball. Um, Chipper, Andrew Jones, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz. Uh, shoot, I mean, I feel like I could go for a call. All, all those guys that... Did you go to any of those games? Did you go to any of the playoff games? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I went to any of the playoff games, but we would go to games all the time whenever we could. Um, I also also really liked Ken Griffey at the time, just being a lefty and obviously one of the sweetest left-handed swings. Um, but, you know, such a cool time with all those pennants that they won to, to be a Braves fan and be in the, that area. So you've got teammates like Matt Chapman from Southern California, Chad Pinders from Northern Virginia, two very good baseball hotbeds for young talent. Robbie Grossman's from Texas. You know how that is. And there are other guys from Florida. What was baseball like? Who are some of the other guys that maybe you, you interacted with that either got to pro ball, maybe even got to the big leagues? 
as you were playing as a youngster, maybe some travel ball there uh, in the state of Georgia. Yeah, we had uh, quite a few guys who are who are in pro ball um, from the area. I uh, Lucas Sims with the Reds now was uh, he went to my rival high school and. We actually faced each other my senior year in the state championship, but uh, we grew up kind of playing, you know, travel ball stuff together, Team Georgia type stuff. Um, you know, there's Clint Frazier's from the same area, uh, Austin Meadows with the Rays. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys with with East Cobb. I don't know if you've heard of East Cobb, but um, it's like baseball is just big around the area and. You know, I think it, it translates. So when you're drafted in the first round by the, the A's, I mean, leading up to that, there was a lot of attention on you, maybe even well before the senior year. What were those two years like? How did you handle that? How did your family handle it? How did you help maybe keep yourself insulated and still try to be a kid and enjoy your high school time and, and also maybe the beginning of the realization of a dream that you had for a long, long time? Yeah, honestly, it, it was pretty crazy. Um, say stuff started picking up second half of my junior year and all the way through my senior year uh, there's a lot of things that that come with it um, I think people don't necessarily realize guys coming into our house to have in-home visits and uh, you know, essentially these guys are coming in and trying to get a read for you as a person in, in two hours um, and to do that 15, 20 times, you know, you might not be able to, to go hang out with your friends on a Friday night because you got this scheduled. And, um, you know, like you said, you, just, you have to find the balance. You have to find the time to still be a kid. But, uh, you know, it just kind of speeds up your maturation. Um, you know, making a decision like that at age 18 uh, you know, kind of makes you put the press on and figure out what you truly want to do. And then, uh, you know, I'd here now. Matt, I know you've got close friends from the A system because you've come up together with guys like Chad Pinder and Matt Chapman. Are there still close friends in Parkview that you stay in touch with? Maybe in some ways, I won't say keep you grounded, but, but just remind you of, of where you're from and, and, and those good times that you have in your life? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, most of my best friends are, are still, uh, you know, guys from high school. Uh, you know, like you said, it's, you know, I, I'm not not just a baseball player. Um, you know, I, I like to have relationships off the field as well. And, uh, you know, those guys have supported me all the way. And, uh, you know, my best friend still lives with me uh, to this day back home. And, uh, you know, those guys have always been there for me. And, you know, can't thank them enough. So the culmination of, you know, basically the end of – the kid from Parkview to becoming a professional happens when you sign the contract with the A's. You get the phone call, you've been drafted, and you talk it over with your family and your representatives and you decide to sign. What was what was that moment like for you? Uh, it was really cool. It was it was nuts. Um, you know, it's almost like I just remember bits and pieces of it. Uh, just happened so fast between hearing my name on the TV and then setting up a flight all the way out here and actually doing it and hitting BP on the field and all of that. Um, but once I got out to Arizona and, you know, started the, the AZL is, is kind of when I was able to settle in a little bit, doing something familiar, actually getting out on the field and 
and playing as opposed to you know kind of just doing your lap with all the media and and whatever it may be but um, definitely a whirlwind but you know one of those experiences you'll never forget well like Jeff Rancor Matt Olson you too have represented Parkview High School in the town of Parkview in a in a great way. I appreciate the visit. Thanks for telling us a little bit about you growing up and, and your hometown. Great, thank you. Welcome back to Ace Cast and another edition of My Hometown as we visit with Mark Canna, the pride of San Jose. And Mark, with so many players that you've been around over the years, guys are from Texas, they're from Florida, they're from big towns, they're from small towns. You grew up in San Jose. Tell me about that experience. Um, I, you know, I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, <laughs> I who's, who, who's in the house? I mean, how, how, how big I, is the Canna family? I have, uh, I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. Um, just grew up in the suburbs. Um, we're, you know, busy family, always running around. Everybody played sports. Um, I, it wasn't uncommon for me to be playing three or four different sports at, at one time. I remember going from, you know, on the weekends, sometimes going from a hockey game to a baseball game or to a basketball game or whatever. Um, and yeah, that was, that was most of it. That was most of it. I mean, I just always was active and doing stuff and so what I always wanted to do. Were your siblings the same way, just as active as you? Yeah, yeah, it was the same thing. It was, uh, it was always going to my brother's games, going to my sister's games. Uh, you know, I'd say it was, I'd say busy. I mean, it was probably, you know, hectic at times on the weekends, trying to get to all the different activities. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were all athletically driven, even though uh, my parents weren't necessarily uh, like that when they were young. So. The Bay Area is such a, a, you know, in terms of geographically, it is such a big space. Did it feel like you grew up in a, in a big city? Did you feel like you had enough of the small town feel as well to go along with the fact that the, the bright lights were not that far away? Uh, it didn't It didn't feel like a big city. I mean, it was all I knew. Um, but I was always just traveling around the Bay Area. I mean, I played quote-unquote travel sports like club travel sports like travel hockey competitive soccer all this stuff I don't know what they call it now but um, I was always traveling but it was always around the Bay Area so when I say travel hockey it was like one or two trips a year and then we were traveling the longest we ever were traveling was to other like Bay Area cities like Dublin or along the peninsula like Redwood City or Belmont or um, Oakland at times for hockey and uh, I, I don't know I it it felt um, I think just because it was all I knew and and the community Willow Glen where I grew up is a pretty tight-knit it felt like kind of a small-town feel just because it wasn't I think maybe San Jose is a is a big city geographically population wise but um, everything was very tight-knit and, and I feel like because of how big it is um, it kind of felt like there were a lot of different pockets of neighborhoods which you kind of stayed within like I remember it felt you know if you had to go out to Almaden which is a 25 minute drive it's like that felt like a far a long way to go 
And uh, now I live in Arizona and they're like, oh yeah, it's not that far. It's a 45 minute drive. And you're like, what, what? That's, that's far. So I, I mean, it, that was just my experience. I think when, when you're a kid growing up and if you're around enough sports and you're around enough of your buddies and you think back, boy, that, that guy, in my case, back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, there was a kid named Jim Kozak, who was like the greatest baseball player I ever saw. And I always wondered, you know, what would become of Jim Kozak? And because I really thought he was going to be a good athlete you know, beyond our times as, as kids. It didn't turn out that way for him because the sports business is a hard business. The funnel gets narrower and narrower for everybody. What about in the sports that you played? Do you remember, you know, a buddy or two go, man, that guy's great at hockey. Or, man, he's a better athlete than I am. Or, or, and I wonder what happened in that regard to that particular person. Yeah, definitely. Um, a few names come to mind. I don't want to put anybody out, but uh, there was a kid in my little league that was on my team who was easily the best player in the little league. His name was Danny Dyer. Um, hit a home run every game. Uh, there was, you know, there's another guy in the same district that played on my high school team. Um, Brian Chase was a big name in the area. Um, yeah, I, I never, and then when it comes down to me, I, I don't think, this is why I always tell kids is I, I don't feel like, Maybe when I became 12 and I was like the older kid on the Little League team, I might have been the best player, but I never felt as though I was the best player on, the, on my teams that I played on. I was always um, striving for that. Maybe that's what kind of drove me to, to work hard because I never felt like I was the best player. I was always a good athlete and I always wanted to compete and I had competitive drive, but I was never that guy. I didn't, or at least I didn't feel like I ever was. Um, so maybe that's something that's kind of in my hard drives, just to work hard. When did the separation begin? When did you start leaning toward one sport or start eliminating one particular sports season or another? Uh, high school. Uh, I went into high school kind of unassuming. Um, didn't. I, I wanted to play all sports. I was excited to play tackle football for the first time because I'd always played flag when I was in grade school. Um, was it a big deal to go to Bellarmine Prep? I mean, for a kid growing up in the San Jose area, did it feel like, not that you're going to a college, but you're going to a, a school that was so, you know, so well-known and had a lot of athletic and other success in that community? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I was, I was excited to go to Bellarmine. I, I, don't, I, never, um, I never thought of it as I never knew much about it. I wasn't, I wasn't like going to Bellarmine football games. I didn't have older siblings, I guess. So I wasn't hanging out at Bellarmine all the time. I didn't know much about it except for that it was a great school. And even though it was 10 minutes from my house. Um, but yeah, I was excited to get there. I knew it, they had a good sports program and I knew I wanted to play all the sports and be a stud athlete. And uh, I didn't know I wanted to play baseball exclusively um, but I, I started playing all I played football basketball baseball up until my sophomore year um, and I had a good freshman year I wasn't even I wouldn't say I was the best player on my freshman baseball team yes. um, I wasn't on JV I didn't make varsity as a freshman nothing like that and then sophomore year um, I really wanted to make varsity I think my name was in the coaches heads I was probably candidate not necessarily a shoe in and uh, that year, I decided I had a conversation with the varsity baseball coach, and he said, "Well, it's going to be harder for you to make the team 
if you play basketball because of the tryout schedule and the season runs into baseball season a little bit. So I, I decided to quit basketball then. I kind of knew that I wasn't <laughs> going to make it in basketball. Um, and that's when I started kind of narrowing my focus, I think. I still played football because I loved it, and I played football all throughout high school and was a very good high school football player. Um, and I had aspirations to play football in college even. I, I wasn't good enough for that. And I, so in high school, and then I, I started, I made the team. I ended up making the varsity team, and I, everything kind of, my career, you could say, took off from there. Outside of athletics, academically, were there things that you were really attracted to or other outside activities away from the grind of trying to be a, you know, a good athlete that, that uh, either gave you some balance or just gave you some other things to be excited about? Um, I was a very, I would say, straight edge kid. Um, I didn't get into a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> um, I had, I really wanted to go to Stanford to play baseball. That was my lifelong dream. I, I what was the connection? This, uh, I go to Stanford football games. My dad went to San Jose State, and uh, Stanford used to play San Jose State at the beginning of each football season. I'd go to those games. I'd go to some games at Sunken Diamond. Um, and I just, you know, I, I had, I don't know where it came from, but I had these super high aspirations for myself when I was a kid, like unrealistic. Like I wanted to go to Stanford and be a doctor and, and I didn't even, you know, they probably don't even have an undergraduate program for that. Like I had all these hopes and dreams of like being an academic and being a great athlete. And I just really, um, kind of wanted to do it all and I knew Stanford what my dad was always like yeah you know okay if you want to go to Stanford that's a damn good dream and uh, I was kind of just attracted to to Stanford always and I so I in high school I'd say the academic reputation at Bellarmine attracted me there just as much as uh, athletics I knew it was a good um, you know it would set myself up if if sports didn't work out to to be on a good path and and again I don't know where <laughs> I always was flip-flopping and I think I don't know where I got that from but I just wanted to kind of be good at everything. The Mark Canna that we know in the big leagues uh, outside of the things that you do and you excel at on the field is that you're a guy that loves to explore cities and explore uh, culinary things you're the big league foodie and then a couple of years ago one of your walk-up songs was Bob Dylan which you don't necessarily hear about from a guy you know in the 2000s uh, having a guy from the 60s mm -hmm. as his walk-up song where did where was the genesis of those two things as that became part of your life uh, well the Bob Dylan thing came from Cal when I got to Cal uh, they have these things called decals which is like a an elective course that doesn't count towards graduation but can fill some units which is useful for an athlete that, that needs to get units and maybe can't take a full like course load that a true academic at Berkeley would take so I took this decal that was a Bob Dylan it was just Bob Dylan class about his life and career and, and such and uh, I found myself feeling connected to Bob Dylan and his story and feeling um, you know, he was, the, he was a jokester and a prankster and, a, and kind of a hippie. And I, and I felt really connected to him and, and his, the way he just made decisions and how he was going to evolve in his music. And, 
he, he seemed like just a very different cat and I always felt different myself. I always felt like I was a different kind of guy. Like I was always kind of a, a guy that wasn't afraid to stand out or say something that was unpopular or uh, just be different. I always felt like I was maybe the, the kind of the black sheep on, on a lot of teams I've been on. Not the black sheep, maybe the right word, but just like kind of the guy that thinks a little bit differently than everyone else that kind of strays away from the crowd and does his own thing. And um, that kind of, I, you know, I still feel like that today. I feel like that's kind of uh, my, the, the where I stand on this team as well. Everybody knows like, oh, Mark, he's got some, some different ideas. And, and I embrace that about myself. And one final thought, as, as Mark Cannon now, the guy that's a big league baseball player, and you play for a hometown team, you play for the Oakland Athletics. How important is it for you when you go back home and you not only engage with your family, but engage with other people in your community that they see somebody like you who was you know, one of them, you know, riding their bike on those streets and going to those schools and, and, and realized a dream that you feel like if you, if you apply yourself, those things can happen for you. For you to deliver that kind of message uh, to that community, how important is that? It's very important. Uh, San Jose is important to me. It's a part of who I am. I feel every time I go down there, I just uh, get very nostalgic. I don't get down as much as I'd like to, but I, I always feel it. It feels like like home. It feels like it hasn't changed much, although, you know, Silicon Valley and all that as might say otherwise, but um, just the same stores, the same restaurants that I went to as a kid and the same uh, areas like downtown Willow Glen and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's what I'd hope to be able to deliver that message to, to youth in that area um, is that, you know, you don't, it, you may not necessarily feel like you're destined for greatness your whole life. You know, I just was some kid that was some punk kid running around having fun with my friends, like you said, playing wiffle ball, riding bikes around and and uh and it just kind of happened for me i think there's a lot of luck involved but um yeah i mean it's it's i'd love to kind of express that to to kids from my town mark we appreciate you sharing those memories thank you so much all right thanks vince mark canna joining us in another edition of my hometown we'll have another my hometown coming up later on acecast this has been a presentation of the oakland athletics 